You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. I am Manny Recinos, and uh, we are pumped because today we are going to have a discussion around presidential elections. Do they matter in real estate? And what should we really be focused on? So we have two very special guests here. Um, We have uh, none other than council member Matt Westmoreland. Welcome, welcome to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. And we have Atlanta Commercial Board of Realtors member Juan Mejia. Welcome, Juan. Thanks for having me. We are excited um, because this conversation started uh, just in the hallways of the association here. Um, we were talking about the election year coming up and how does that affect our business. And there was kind of a, uh, a mix of it will, it won't. And we started looking just at some of the history and the reality is there's there's a lot of opinions here. So I want to get right to it. Um, before we step into the discussion itself, though, um, y'all have some incredible resumes. And I would like to start with uh, Councilmember Matt, if you will um, uh, help us out and tell us a little bit about your history and your relationship with real estate. Sure. So first off, it's great to be here. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate the invite. Um, Matt Westmoreland, I hold one of the three citywide seats um, on the Atlanta City Council, born and raised here in Atlanta. My most direct connection to real estate um, is I am the son of a kind of career residential real estate broker. Um, so my mom, Sally Westmoreland, sold real estate with Cobble Banker for my entire life. Um, so I grew up going to agent caravans and Sunday open houses and all that good stuff. Um, Used to be a teacher, did a stint on the Atlanta School Board, worked at an education nonprofit, and am finishing up my sixth year on the city council. That is amazing. Thank you so much. And Juan, I know that uh, you have uh, been around the halls here at the association as well and do a lot of work outside. So please tell us a little bit about your resume. Sure, Manny. Uh, I've been a member of ACBR now for about four, five years. Uh, Before that, I have a consulting company and I dabbled a bit into the political arena. So managed my first political campaign in 2011. So I I get to bring a little bit of both hats to this conversation. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, when we were thinking about guests, I mean, there's there's no better table to sit at right now. So, um, all right. Well, the original question that kind of was posed was that uh, people will say that there is uncertainty that can happen when an election year comes up, right? Is a new person going to come into power? Uh, will we have the same, you know, person uh, in, you know, staying in their seat? Um, how will that affect us? Um, so, what would y'all say uh, regarding that conversation? Uh, whether there's a difference between presidential elections, municipal municipal elections? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. Um Every election is important. I think it is our civic duty to get out there and vote. Um, I feel really happy seeing those presidential numbers, but feel at the other side of the coin really upset when we see the municipal election numbers and they're so low with voter turnout. Um, I think the laws that happen at the city level impact us on our day-to-day lives a bit more. 
and I think we just get caught up in what the media news telling us that is happening at the national level and don't even know who represents us at the state capitol, at city council, who our mayor is, and who are there to answer our questions and maybe even take us to the federal connections that we may need to have our problem solved. Yeah, that's true. So I have a couple of thoughts. Um, one, it, it, every year literally now is an election year. Um, you know, if you think about presidential just 2020, 2024, 2028, but then you've got a number of statewide offices that are up in 2018, 2022, 2026. Um, the normal city cycle is 2017, 2021, 2025. But as of this year, we've got school board races that are actually happening as we speak. Um, and so part of what I think regular people are feeling is like every year, multiple times a year, if you have primaries and general elections and runoff, we're just in this continuous cycle of elections. Um, I agree with Juan that um, way more attention is paid to the presidential election than anything else, and for good reason, which we'll probably get into. Um, but I also agree that on a day-to-day -day basis, the decisions that local, municipal, and school boards and counties are making probably actually impact people's lives um, and their property and their real estate values and kind of the market. And if you think about um, kind of what draws people to certain properties, whether it's schools or new infrastructure, um, more often than not, that's actually probably coming from more local government, which receives far less attention, which is why this conversation is a good one to have. Yeah. Something I'll add, though, too, is um, even on the presidential years, people vote for the top two to three offices. And then as they go further down the ballot, the same amount of people showed up to vote, but the if you add up the voting for, I don't know, state election, it doesn't add up. So they gave up halfway through the ballot and didn't even finish it. So yeah. if you're already going out there to vote, just do the research of who's gonna be on your ballot and where you're leaning towards. I can uh, I can relate. First time that I voted, you know, was in a presidential election, and I remember getting to the polling place and going in and going, oh, I don't even know what the rest of this is. I thought sure. it was a yes or no question, right? right like right. I thought it was one question. So you're right. I mean, and after that, I learned, okay, you have to do your research. You have to, you know, get a sample ballot and and have these discussions. Um, I think the uh, as I was researching about this too, y'all are your immediate answer seems to line up with what I was deducting, which is, you know, we have a ton of theories about, okay, it looks like since the 70s, uh, you know, elections seem to get, uh, cause the real estate industry to kind of get steady there during those years. Um, but then you, you hear in the conversation or as you're reading that, but there's exceptions here and there's exceptions here. And then this happened this year and the economy did this here. Um, and then on top of that, you have regions, right? So different regions, different cities, different states, they're gonna react differently as well um, for residential and commercial real estate. So the more I kind of researched, the more I felt like the answer was, who knows, right? Like sure. how can the the national presidential election kind of uh, affect, and it seemed like more evidence went towards, okay, your local, depending on your region, right? Um, or your city, you know, what's being, what's happening tax incentives, what, you know, all of that seemed to probably matter uh, in a more direct way um, than, than, let's say, the presidential. Um, with that said, you know, y'all mentioned how important it is to get informed and uh, obviously do your research and, and know a little more. So um, 
Matt, I was kind of wondering, can you break down for us what it means to be a council member, right? And, um, and, and just how you kind of see it relating with real estate. Sure. Um, so I'll even back up to the job I had before this one. I spent four years on the Atlanta City Council, on the Atlanta School Board. Um, and if you, you know, if you think about literally everything from your property tax bill, right, as a homeowner is 50% or commercial property owner is 50% going to the school system, and then the other 50% gets divided pretty evenly between the city and the county. Um, but obviously, schools are a significant driver in the value of property. Um, that's not unique to Atlanta, but definitely it's on people's minds here. Um, and then on the city side, everything from public safety, right, how safe people feel in neighborhoods or communities, um, to infrastructure, whether there's the presence of sidewalks, whether those sidewalks are, you know, quality and, and ones you can use and how frequently the roads are paved or access to green space. Um, all of those things invest Atlanta as our economic development arm. And you think about, you know, proximity to amenities and how that helps drive commercial and residential real estate values. Like so many of those things tie back to local elections and the folks who we choose to be on our school board or our county commission or our city council. Um, you know, right down to a couple weeks ago, I was at a ribbon cutting for a new segment of the Beltline or you think about Westside Park and just kind of what that publicly funded infrastructure or transit, right? As MARTA is opening up BRT lines and conversations around light rail, just all of those are local decisions being made by people that you're putting in municipal office that are directly impacting every aspect of the real estate market. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you mentioned all of the things that my clients will ask me about, sure. you yeah. know, where should I be buying and what should I be looking out for and what's coming this way and what areas, right? Um, that is really interesting. You mentioned there, you know, even commercial, right, impacting budgets for school and all that. Um, Juan, uh, do you think there is differences here uh, between commercial and residential when we talk about these elections and, you know, what people are looking at and, um, you know, what, what we should really be looking for, whether it's at the national level or when it's local? Uh, I think they're equally as important. I think the decisions our elected officials, appointed officials make will impact both sides. Um, I think a huge one, both residential, especially in commercial, is zoning, density, affordable housing measures that a lot of cities are putting into place. So when a developer was able to do X amount of units at premium market rates, and now they're making them put X amount of affordable units, one, it's good for our community because we're making a place for everyone that belongs, but it also dips into their margin. So we want to make sure that everyone is protected where before setbacks were X amount of feet and now they're required to be X amount of feet. That impacts how big of a building you can build. Um, so it, at the end of the day, it will impact those dollar amounts. Um, but then how they're spending the money and how they're able to re revitalize an area. I mean, we everyone sees Beltline, everyone thinks Beltline, but when the Beltline was coming, everyone was afraid of what the Beltline would do, and now everyone loves it. You know, everyone wants to be by it. So it's, it's pros and cons, it's just being active, being present, attending city council meetings, being informed. Uh, I believe they're streamed. Uh, you're able to go, you're able to do That's public right. comments. You can't get away from us if you, if you, <laughs> want, it, if you want to see us. So, um, and our local, I mean, I can speak for our local ones, but 
both appointed and elected officials are always open to meeting and having conversations with the community. A lot of the times you'll see them out in the community and they're very approachable. So it's a matter of just having conversations on what you're concerned about and seeing what is happening in your community. Yeah. Yeah, and commercial, I think that absolutely makes sense. I know when I was thinking about it, residential and, and even on you know the national stage, right, we are interested in what our politicians are going to do with, you know, for example, like interest rates, right? Because as those fluctuate, they have a direct impact on residential, right? So for us, right. I know that's something um, we're always kind of looking out for, um, what the, the, uh, the new... Um, president and their party is going to bring to to that aspect. Um, do you think locally, can y'all think of some policies that we as real estate professionals should be looking at right now? You know, I, I think um, sure is the short answer to that. And yeah. they, they kind of run the gamut. I mean, I was in a meeting earlier today with a multifamily developer who is getting ready to seek a tax abatement, right? As they get ready to break ground on 400 new units near the Beltline, um, near Carver High School where I used to teach. Um, you make a good point that, and that was interest rates are kind of the first thing that came to my mind when I think about kind of nationally directing um, a real estate conversation. Um, but then it immediately comes back to the local level and count, city council is where every zoning just literally every zoning, every change to the zoning code that takes place has to be done by a vote of city council. And so as we think about um, neighborhoods becoming more dense and land use is changing to accommodate more people, there's often some pushback from people who don't want to see those changes. Like all of those, that push and pull and tension happens at city hall. Um, so there's almost, I'm trying to think of a, of a, decision we've made recently at City Hall that didn't have a direct or an indirect impact on the real estate market, right? Either residential or commercial, um, which makes this super relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll echo it. I mean, something as simple as, you know, our tree canopy. If, you know, if you're moving a tree, what do you have to do to get that approval? Um, so even in decisions that you don't think relate to real estate when it happens at city council, there is a real estate component. Um, a big shout out to both ARA and ACBR. We do have someone on staff that helps us with that and they're advocating for the, its members. So um, if in doubt, you can also reach out to the association and sort of see, hey, what's happening over there? And that's their day in, day out job and they may be able to break that down easier for members to understand. Yes, I believe you're referring to Frankie Elliott. I sure am. Absolutely. A big shout out to Frankie. Um, her name comes up all the time here. I uh, have the privilege of uh, being able to lead the, the new member orientation for ARA here. And, uh, you know, one of the big ones that catches our uh, new members' attention is the Governmental Affairs Committee, right? Um, a lot of work done there because, like myself, and I admittedly will say, and I told y'all before, you know, we started filming here. Uh, I am not a politico. It's not my realm, right? Uh, I, you, there's so many things that we might be good at, but so many that I don't, I'm not knowledgeable on. So I rely on these conversations and this type of information being dispersed. But um, ARA, you're right, uh, does a really great job of, uh, of being able to provide that. Um, and uh, ACBR, you know, is, is doing the same with commercial. Um, I'm wondering when we talk about... Um, 
all of these changes, these proposals, these, you know, even national and local, like we're talking about, um, how do you all think the overall satisfaction of our clients, uh, the overall client interactions, the day-to-day operations, um, how do you think they they feel like it impacts them versus how you know much attention they pay. For example, I know you were looking at some stats, uh, Juan, that you, you were mentioning about their voting, uh, how that reflects and how they show up. We sit here, we complain, we talk, you know, but you have some numbers that I kind of wanted you to share regarding the difference between how people show up in local when we talk about how it comes back to that a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, we're having conversation prior to starting to record. Um, on presidential year in Fulton County, which encompasses more than just Atlanta, but Fulton County was over half a million dollar, half a million voters on that 2020 election. And then when we fast forward to a municipal, a pretty municipal, which is a mayoral race, 2021, a year later, we're talking about uh, 97,000, almost 100,000. So there's a huge drop off there. A lot of it has to do with Mayoral was just city of Atlanta voters versus other cities in Fulton. But even from that general to the runoff, there was droppage there too to like 70,000. So we lost 30,000 people in a matter of three weeks. So it's like, how do we, you clearly cared enough to show it for the first time. What do we have to do to get you to show up to that second round? And then just two weeks ago, uh, Board of Education election, we had just, just, just a little bit over 20,000 met. So it's like, where did those 50,000 people go that said they cared about mayor and city council? So um, those are the numbers I was like, how do we get more people out there? Matt, do you have kind of any comments there on, again, kind of the the satisfaction uh, rating or level that some people would give it versus their interaction, right? Yeah. So when when you're asking your question, my my mind in a couple of different directions. One is um, people often say, Folks hate Congress, but like like their congressperson, right? And so there's, I think there's an abstract, um, or or not a, some most people probably don't even know who their congressperson is, but they keep reelecting them, right? Incumbency, at least historically, has been a real advantage. Um, and then, you know, to Juan's points about the numbers, I live in a condo in Midtown, and I, whenever I think about or try and figure out why folks aren't more engaged in the political process or why people don't vote. I am guilty of that in a smaller setting. I've lived in my condo building for nine years. I pay my HOA fees every month. I've never been to an annual meeting, never voted in an election for officers. I don't take part in those conversations at all. I just, I view it as like something, you know, they take my money every month. I don't really know what they do with it. Um, But I don't even bother to get engaged. Um, And I think, you know, we're all varying degrees of political nerds at this table. Um, maybe the folks on the side more than, than, than your side. <laughs> yep. um, so we live and breathe this 24-7. Most people just live in their lives, right? They yeah. like going to their job. They're raising their family. They're with their spouse, taking care of their parents, you know, sitting in traffic, trying to plan their next vacation. They're not trying to worry about politics. And, you know, we... Next year, folks will be asked to vote in March for the presidential primary, in May for the general primary, if there's a runoff in June or July, and then they'll be asked to vote again in November, and if there's a runoff in December. Like, on the one hand, can you come out and vote five times? Yes. On the other hand, that's, you know, 
it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of toxicity and negativity in it. Um, you know, whether the government's about to shut down or whether it takes 16 votes to elect a speaker, I think there's just a lot of noise, especially on social media and folks just kind of want to live their lives and not be bothered by what they perceive to be either dysfunctional or corrupt or incompetent or just really slow government, which sometimes we are. Yeah. It, it takes a minute to, to make that change. Um, it's funny what you just mentioned reminds me of uh, in real estate, there's, you know, you, you hear a lot of the time, you know, these surveys and, and things that come out, you know, most people will consider real estate as a profession just down there, right? Not something that people admire as much, um, but then they absolutely love their realtor. Um, so kind of the same same effect there as you were you were mentioning, um, so that that stood out a little bit. Uh, you, you our discussion right kind of started with the presidential election, people kind of freaking out, conversations being very intense, and when you really start looking at it, we keep seeing that things come back to local, or maybe it doesn't have as much of an effect, right? There's all these factors like we mentioned. Um, the, the social media aspect, I think, plays in a lot of that. Um, any kind of opinions or observations there regarding how quick people are to react or how quick people are to to maybe, um, what's the word, maybe not freak out, but, but maybe too much uh, emphasis on, on something that may not totally be there um, in your realm. I mean, we can go deep down the social media <laughs> rabbit hole. I mean, I think... Um, Increasing percentages of folks are getting their information and their news from social media. Um, much of that isn't fact-checked. I've been through several topics in the last 10 years of elected office, some as recently as this year, where there's just a lot of intentional and unintentional misinformation out there on name it. Um, I think, um, you know, we've seen even on cable news, and that's that's carried over into Twitter and TikTok and other avenues of social media, just very biased, um, uh, partisan, everybody kind of has their own facts kind of thing um, that has continued to split society um, and made us increasingly polarized, kind of forcing us almost to be more polarized than maybe even we would want to be normally, um, which is dangerous and a real cause for concern. Yeah. Um, I'll just add that it just depends who the author is. I mean, it could be the same council meeting and you can have two totally different perspectives <laughs> from two totally different sites. True. So it, just being cautious and understanding what you're reading and who, what sort of the messaging behind those words are. Um, I like reading like those articles that are completely different and sort of the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, I also think social media allows, especially candidates, to reach voters at a much more affordable rate than previously. True. Yeah. So it's more accessible for someone that may not have the sort of chest of funds to go through traditional media to reach that voter. So yeah. there's pros and cons to it. Just be mindful of what you're reading. And that's on both sides. You're right. I mean, once again, national and local level, right? I mean, the funds are very different, but someone may have more access, and the other one may be relying on some of these some of these social media, um, 
you know, arms of, of being able to get in contact with their constituents. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so I have kind of a, a final question here, um, and it goes around what we talked about uh, back to the local level, because I think that really does interest me as we were talking about some of these projects that are coming up, uh, development initiatives, infrastructure. Um, you know, how do you think real estate agents can align their strategies with these changes um, to get the best out of our business, right? The best out of our local politics. And are there um, things that you would advise us to attend, places to go to for information? Uh, I know that's a big one, but just kind of all encompassing there. Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to mind twice in the last few months um, I have been asked to swing by realty offices and talk to both agents and just residents. Um, and you know, I think it, it's been helpful to, um, one was on a front porch you know, just last week in Inman Park. Um, a couple months ago, I went to a, an office of a residential realtor in Buckhead. Um, it's great to just be present, first of all, right, and meet folks um, who are part of the association um, to give a brief update on things that I think are important that are happening on, at City Hall and then to field questions, um, yeah. which shows me kind of what's on the minds of realtors, which or what's on the mind of, of folks buying homes, which then becomes on the mind of realtors, right? Um, to share information about things that people might not know about or things updates on things that they do know about. Um, but to once one earlier, there are a number of us at the local level who are pretty accessible and responsive and present. Um, and I think always a good thing when we can get out into the community and, and stop by offices and have conversations about what's going on and, and hear feedback, which several of those conversations, you know, helped me kind of decide how I was going to vote or how I was going to amend something or what I was going to put forward. I think all those conversations are good. Yeah. I think just as real estate professionals, being aware of what's happening, sometimes you wait for the building to get tore down to see, oh wait, what's gonna go there? And plans have been sort of released. I mean, the cool one that everyone's talking about right now is the Amsterdam development that is meant to happen. And I'm talking to a lot of industry professionals about it, but I was talking to another person, they're like, wait, they're tearing that down. I was like, well, they're not tearing it down tomorrow, but that's going to be happening. Conversations are happening. These are renderings. So just being aware of what's happening in the area, I think your local elected officials are well in the know and can sort of share some of those insights. I think it's also, especially on the residential side, um, reminding people, hey, you moved. We just bought a new house. Change your voter registration. I mean, I know of one agency that sort of includes it in their welcome to the neighborhood packet. Um, because there's sometimes people that are like, okay, fine, I'll go and vote. And they're like, wait, I'm still registered at the other place. So um, just getting them prepared, letting them know elections are happening. Or, I mean, maybe that's just me nerding out, but like, here's a little sheet of all your elected officials of your new house you just bought, you know, state, city, federal. Um, I mean, people are afraid to reach out to these offices, but. You know, they can get you a passport in a day if you call the senator's office. Uh, you got that Indeed. trip coming up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're yeah. going to hate me for saying that. I was going to say, I was like, are we guaranteeing that? Uh, we're one? not guaranteeing okay, we're that not at guaranteed. all. But we're I'm guaranteeing, guaranteeing that the senators will try uh, to solve their constituents' concerns. So. 
Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I definitely have seen the, uh, the privilege in being able to get involved, right? Um, being involved on the board of directors here uh, with a ARA. Um, you know, I've, I've traveled to D.C. with the organization and been able to meet, you know, with our representatives and our, uh, our, our reps there. And, and, and it's amazing to be able to talk one-on-one. I think, uh, Matt, like you mentioned, um, there probably should be more of, of inviting you to our offices, right? Inviting you to the center and being able to to have that dialogue, um, hear your perspective, and then hear ours. I mean, uh, as, as this conversation started, right, on the national level, it's a little harder to do. Not everyone can can hop on a plane, take the time off, and go to these these meetings, but um, on a local level, absolutely, uh, is something we can, we can do. I also think it's also impactful to build the relationship with your elected officials and not just call them when something's going wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they'll be there to help you out, yeah. but being able to also say, hey, thanks for voting X, Y, Z, like that's really going to help me out. Uh, because I just feel like nine times out of 10, their emails are only going off when something's not going well. The passport. <laughs> I don't is. know how much uh, council member Westmoreland can do with a passport. I can, but I can connect you to a senator's office. There you uh, go. Um, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, well, with that, I want to actually, because we have mentioned Frankie, and uh, and she is uh, there in our, in our contact, um, I wanted to just throw out her email, uh, Frankie at AtlantaRealtors.com. Um, she works really hard to make sure we that she can connect us, uh, not only in business, but as a... Uh, as members of the realtor community here with our with our local government. Uh, now that we're shouting out Frankie, I mean, she does a really good job. Both the government affairs uh, committees, both the residential and the commercial side do a good job. I know for the local races that just happened, um, we interviewed a lot of um, people running for to be mayors and city council. Uh, that took days of interviews that both committee members and Frankie and her team were there. So I happen to be part of the board of trustees for the Atlanta Realtors Pack. So who, which candidates are we supporting and are they Noted. living up? Are they living up? You have to go through Frankie. Uh-huh. Uh, but are they living up to what they said they were going to do? Are they pro development? Are they really trying to help our members out? So um, reach out to Frankie if you have concerns but she's great at what she does. Yeah, because that is that is your contact if you're a non-politico like myself or you are, you know, overwhelmed between business and home life and all of that. We have ways at the association to try and make this as uh, as seamless as possible to where you can find the information as to who out there is supporting us as realtors. Um, and Matt, I know that, you know, if we go to the Atlanta City Council website, we can find your information. If we did want to have more conversations with you, do you have a preferred method or a way that you know we can get in contact with you sure my email address is m westmoreland at atlantaga.gov and my cell phone number is 404-408-0980 there you go the cell phone number is out there you heard it here he responds (laughs) i just want to put that out there uh i don't know how he does it but he always gets back to you yeah um well before we go are there any kind of last things you wanted to to throw out there or um you know otherwise i really just wanted to thank y'all for being part of this discussion um what kind of started as a oh no how do you know how much our our info are we going to talk about here on the national level how privy are we to you know a presidential race really turns out that for what we do as realtors you know here in in atlanta um it does come down kind of to your local level and then learning from there how uh 
how we can we can get all the way up to the national level. So, all right. Well, I appreciate y'all once again for being here. Um, and uh, with that, Atlanta Realtors, we will see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.